Welcome to the Pastors Standing Firm podcast, where we're helping pastors and spiritual leaders win this spiritual war that we're fighting against deception and against the lies of the enemy. My name is Jeremiah. I'm here with my friend Brian, and we got a great show for you today. What is up? I am super, super pumped for today. We have a guy who I've been listening to his music for 20 years and love him, and I love his testimony, and I love his story. He is the lead singer and I think founder of the band Seventh Day Slumber, Joseph Rojas. Welcome to the podcast, Pastor Standing Firm. Man, I'm honored to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, Before we get into it, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I mean, if you want to tell us your story, your testimony, some of our listeners, they're pastors, so you got some of them like, what's music? So why don't you tell them what, uh, where you're from, maybe your testimony and the band you've been in for a couple decades now? Yeah, well, Seven Day Slumber started back in uh, 1996 or 97, thereabouts at Christ for the Nation's Bible College, where uh, I had attended for a couple of semesters. Um, and, and so, uh, while I was there, I, music has always been something that I, that I've loved. I started playing guitar when I was 12 years old, uh, learning like Metallica songs and like heavy, heavy bands. I wasn't raised in a Christian, uh, household. Um, but, but man, I, I ended up having encounter with Jesus and I'll share about that. And, you know, in a couple of minutes, but I had an encounter with Jesus, uh, in my twenties and, um, I went to Christ for the nations and, um, and that's where I just felt like the music that I was writing, um, needed to be, you know, uh, a music that would inspire people, uh, to go grab a Bible and, you know, or, would lead people into the arms of Jesus or tell people about the love of, of God. And so I just started, and actually I didn't try to start writing like that. It's just what was in my heart. So Mm. it came out in the music. And so uh, it wasn't like I was trying to be this Christian band or whatever. Um, Every, everything in my life that I have that's good is because of Jesus. Mm. And, and so it comes out in, in, in the music. And so that's, that's how seven day slumber started years ago. We've toured all over the world, um, signed a, you know, a couple of, uh, record labels along the way. And, and now I own my own record label, uh, partnered with capital, uh, Christian and universal music group. And so, and which we have several artists on our label, seven day slumber, fire flight, um, the letter black, just to name a few, but, um, but anyway, to, just to kind of touch on how I came to know Christ, I, I gave my life to Jesus in the back of an ambulance after a suicide attempt. I was a drug addict with no hope in my life. Started using drugs and alcohol when I was 12 years old. Um, my mom, a single mother, raised two boys on a single mother's income. Uh, she was always there. She was a mom who believed in God, uh, like there is a God, and you shouldn't steal stuff or kill people or lie like that kind of relationship with God and belief in God, not really a relationship with God, more of like, he's the big man upstairs and we should do what he says. 
Um, so there was no relationship and not like, so, you know, we'd go to church, uh, a couple times a year, you know, a few times a year or whatever, but I didn't really believe in God. Um, and I, I would, I actually, I say that, but that's not necessarily true. I, I just thought it was cool to say I was an atheist. Um, you know, and it was just, I guess it was a way of me to rebel anyway. Like what kind of God lets you grow up without a dad? What kind of God allows your dad to beat on your mom, cheat on her, um, in in front of the kids to see your mom bleeding? Um, and and so I guess my way of dealing with that and coping with that from like a God standpoint is there is no God. And so I would always say I was an atheist, but the truth is I was agnostic. I didn't know whether there was a God or not. Um, and I, and, and I believe that that's the case. I always, and I, and, and people say that I'm offensive when I say this, but I say, I don't believe in atheists. And, and it's because I, I used to claim to be one and, <laughs> and I, but the truth is I didn't exactly know, like if there was a God or not. And I thought if there was once again, why would he let someone, I didn't want to have anything to do with him, but also he probably didn't want anything to do with me. If he can really see everything I've done and do, then there's no way he wants to be with a drug addict like me or wants someone like me. And that was the way that I, I felt, uh, ended up with a cocaine addiction. That was, that almost killed me several times, uh, $400 a day cocaine addiction. I was selling dope. Then I went to robbing and stealing and in and out of jails and institutions locked up from Texas to California. And, um, and when I was 18, my mom had an encounter with Jesus. When I was 18, my mom, um, would have to come and visit me, whether I was locked up or in trouble. And I, and it was, she was desperate. Um, but finally I was in big boy jail and, um, you know, none of that juvenile stuff anymore, the behavioral centers and whatever else it is. Um, and my mom knew that I, I may not live if I continue down this road. Um, and so she finally went to church with this lady and my mom ended up giving her life to Jesus. And that is the beginning for me and I'll open it up for some questions. And then if you want me to share more about that, I'd be glad to. Man, I love what you said multiple times. And I want to, I want our hearers our listeners to, to really absorb this. You said I had an encounter with Jesus. You didn't, you didn't have a church service. You didn't have a, you know, whatever you had an encounter with a, a, a living God. Tell us a little bit more about how you incorporate you know, that gospel message into your shows, into your lifestyle, into your work? Well, I think the best way uh, for me to do that without um, being afraid to say the things that God has placed on my heart is I've had to, I've had to make sure that all of the the naysayers, and I'm talking about Christian people. I'm not talking about people that don't know Jesus, because people that don't know Jesus, I expect 
the vitriol from them. I expect the insults hurled. I expect the cussing, the all of it, because they don't know Jesus. And so, um, and so that's not what I focused on. So I'm able to preach the gospel. I'm able to go hard because I was you. And, and, and so I know you need to hear it. So I'm going to go. It's when we start taking incoming from our own people, other Christian people, other pastors, other, um, you know, people in the church that you start to question the things that come out of your mouth because of the fact that, and you know that God is telling you to say that, but then you're like, man, but if I say this, so-and-so may never talk to me again, or their church isn't going to have anything to do with this. So they're going to tell everybody that seventh day slumber isn't really a Christian band, or they're going to do this, or they're going to do that. And so I've had to tune that out. Mm. And, and, and then I've had to ha- I have a small circle of pastors that I look to that I trust. And then I know that what they say it has has value, but it also is, you know, is is correct doctrinally speaking. Mm. And so those are the people that I that I that I look to, and I have to. I hate to say it, but I have to tune a lot of of other people out because of the fact, and even some of those that are encouraging us, because uh, you don't want to start believing your own press. Mm. You know, I stay focused on the word of God and, and then there's a small circle of people, but at our concerts, I make sure that before I go on stage, that, that I clear myself from myself. I get, I get rid of me inside of me, the enemy inside of me, you know what I mean? And, and I just say, God, have your way. Holy spirit, fill this place, do whatever you want to do. I, I love playing music. I love being able to get on stage and, and sing the songs that you've given me, but God have your way. Mm. Most importantly, have your way. God, I am willing. I am willing. This is your show. I'm willing. And I'll say whatever you want me to say. I'll do whatever you want me to do. And I'll go wherever you want me to go, despite who stands in front of me, beside me or behind me. God have your way. And, and, and he does. And so then when I get on stage, words come out and people Mm. are impacted. Yeah. So I have watched over the years, you have taken just a a strong stand and saying, I'm a believer. I love Jesus. And we're here to win the lost uh, and proclaim the name. And we're unashamed about that. But what I've also just watched from a distance is you in a, in a very godly way, take a stand for the name of Jesus almost inside the Christian industry where there, there's a lot of up and down. I remember, and I don't know if these guys are walking with the Lord anymore, they were a really talented band that only had one album. Uh, I'm sure you'd remember them. GS Megaphone was their name. Uh, Shreve Brothers and some other guys, their grandfather planted or started Christian Motorcyclist Association. But there was a quote from them I had heard that the Christian music industry is a lot more industry than it is Christian. How have you navigated your walk in that world when you're, you know, you're trying to love everybody, work with everybody, not throw anybody under the bus, but also say Jesus is going to be what's lifted high here? Well, we went through our season of being exiled, um, excommunicated and kind of, um, 
radio doesn't really play us anymore. Um, well, Christian rock radio does, but both of them, we used right? to, huh? I said both of them. There's so few of those now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, but, um, but like Christian contemporary radio stopped mm. playing seventh day slumber. There's a, um, there's a whole click that you have to be in. And I, um, and when I, five years ago, when I said that abortion, um, you know, that, that we, that we can't vote for people that support the right to kill innocent babies. Come on. That was, that was what, five years ago, uh, during those elections. Um, and so, so when I stood up and, and, in the Christian, I, I would have never thought that that was taboo in the Christian industry right. to say that abortion, right? You know, is wrong, and abortion is murder. But when I said that, uh, man, there were stations that that stopped playing us, and then they're like, "So you're voting for Donald Trump?" That was immediate. The first thing they said was. So you support Donald Trump. And I'm saying, wait, did you hear what I said? I said that abortion is murder. And you hate this man so much that you would add that you would side with the advocation of killing innocent babies. That's where it all started. And then I became this uh, apparent Trump follower. I'm a Trump this Trump that. No, actually, I care about what the word of God says. And then they go, well, if you care about what the word of God says, then Trump, 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 Trump. I said, man, you are missing this totally. And 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 so the truth is, I don't look to Donald Trump as my pastor. I don't look to Donald Trump as a man that I want to uh, imitate it morally. I don't look to Donald Trump as someone that my kids should look to and go, oh, I want to be like that man. I don't look to Donald Trump for any of those things. But if you're asking me whether, and I'm sorry that it, we're getting into this on your podcast, but no, if you're that's asking what we're me, here for. if you're asking me who is is the best man for the job because I love my wife and my kids and I want my kids to live in a place where they have the freedom to be able to say Jesus out in public and not go to prison, then yeah, I, I, I vote for Donald Trump. So, so, so if that's what you wanted me to say, there you go. But at the end of the day, you have missed the bigger picture. The bigger picture is about freedom of, of, of religion, freedom uh, to be able to raise my kids the way that I see fit, not the way Donald Trump or Joe Biden see fit mm -hmm. or Nancy Pelosi or any of those others. I know what's best for my children. And, 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 and you may know what's best for your children. And I may not agree with what you think is best for your children, but I'm not going to be meddling in your business because those are your children. And at the same time, my children, they were all homeschooled every single one of them. And there was a move to make homeschool illegal. Yep. And, and there was, there were petitions going out. There was a whole lot going out to where, wait, hold on. You mean I got to send my kids somewhere that I don't feel comfortable, right? You know, sending them. But anyway, I know that we jumped off into a bunch of other things, but that, that whole situation sparked me being some kind of, I don't know. I was excommunicated pretty much. And, I loved it, to be honest with you. You know why? Because, you know, at the end of the day, 
Um, well, first of all, I was tired. If you're gonna if you're gonna cancel me, this'd be a good thing. I, I that way I can just go chill, man. I'm I'm <laughs> you know I, I'm tired of this industry already. But uh, you know I was waiting for a vacation, so uh, that was self sabotage. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, no, I was I was I was glad about it because I thought that there needed to be some things stirred up. And in this in this industry, and if I was the guy to do it, I was in a place in my career and a place in my life where I was ready to do it. I I, I don't advise every single um, you know band to go and post a bunch of stuff on their Facebook if they don't know how to defend it or to debate it because I see that too much. Like there will be people that post something on their Facebook or their Instagram or whatever, and they don't. They they just heard it from somebody else. They didn't do their research. And that does more damage than than it does good. It just makes us look like we don't know what we're talking about. But I promise you, everything I posted on my Facebook, Instagram or any of that stuff, I could defend it and I could defend it biblically. And that frustrated a lot of these Christian industry folks. Yeah. And so. Yeah, I love that. And I love what you said, because you said I took a stand on the word of God. Like you're not just taking a stand just to be out there standing. No, I'm standing on the word. The word says this. Where can you define it? You know, def, back it up biblically, and and that's so so important for us. How how do you translate that into, uh, you know, the the people that you're working with, where there's people with your label, you know, like staff, your your band. I mean, just people who you're you're doing life closer with than just the general population. I mean, how are you leading teams of people to 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 hold the word of God as the word of God will live forever? It is eternal. Every, heaven and earth will pass away, but every single one of these words. I mean, it's so important. How how are you leading with that? Well, uh. For a while, I I was so, um, you know, I want the right people. And, and because I want the right people, I was extra careful about who I let into this label. And so I was just doing it all myself with my wife, Lori, and, um, and, uh, Kristen, our sound engineer, who's been a sound engineer for Seventh Day Slumber for, you know, eight years, um, and 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 then uh, another friend of ours, and so we were just trying to do it all by ourselves. And I didn't, and I knew that they all believe, you know, they 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 stand on the word of God, and and so I don't want to just say they believe like I believe because that because that's not really what it is. It's they believe the same things that I believe, and that's to stand on the word of God to have this as a label that brings hope to the hopeless, um, but in an unconventional way at times. And so, uh, but now because the label has started to grow and it's more than what I can do by myself, um, we've had a ton of people, applicants. I interviewed 150 applicants. And so we've finally now got a solid team. But but once again, I interviewed 150 applicants for several positions with the label and now we have a team and all of those people are people that understand um that first of all they're all solid christian folks but they also understand how the industry moves and 
they can they can be in the industry but not of the industry <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah that's sad sure. to say man it really is sad. sad and gs megaphone i've known them for years and we went like early on we were on their last tour actually it was gs megaphone seven day slumber mm. and that was their last tour that they ever did mm. um and so we uh but i know them we've played at the christian Motor- motorcycle association uh, played uh, on the mountain over there, but yeah, I mean, they were right and they are right. And this industry has turned into this thing, but the good news, man, the good news, because we can talk about this being a negative thing. And, 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 and in some ways it, it is like in the obvious ways, but the good news is, and, and why I've had confidence throughout all this, anybody else probably would have gone dang, man, they just got me off Christian radio, man. What, you know, what did I do? And then they go and crawling back, begging for a way to get back on your radio station or whatever it is. And I'm like, Hey, you didn't give me this. Mm. You didn't give me any of this. You didn't put me in this position. Your, your radio station didn't put me in this position. Your management company didn't put me in this position. Your record label didn't, despite what you may think, didn't put me in this position. And your booking agency didn't put me in this position. Your God put me in this position. Yeah. yeah. And because God put me in this position, you can't take it away. You may take your, you may, you may remove yourself from the situation. Mm-hmm. You may remove your station from working with us, but you can't take what you didn't give me. Only God almighty can take that away. So truth be told, I'm more concerned about pleasing him than I am pleasing you. So let's get that straight. (laughs) And that's how we've done it. And so instead of you not signing me anymore, I created my own label. If you don't want to play me on your station, then we are in all these other different platforms that people that, that listeners can go here. Seventh day slumber. And, and so for me, I'm not worried about you canceling me. You can't cancel something that you didn't, that you didn't create. You, you didn't give me the platform. That's right. Well, and recently I just saw just, I think this past week you had like an online dust up cause you guys have this tremendous opportunity to play. Is it at South by Southwest? And then yeah. several Christians got all ruffled up. Like, how can you play at that? And I'm sitting here on the other end, like, how could you not, you get an open thing to proclaim the gospel. Do you want to speak to yeah. that? Well, I think that it was a couple of things. And this may be extra controversial for your, uh, for this, uh, podcast, but, um, there were two reasons why they didn't want us to go play. One is because Todd White is speaking. Um, and the other is because, uh, South by Southwest is not a Christian event. So, but one, I should just say, I think Todd White's awesome. Um, <laughs> I'm not ashamed of it all. I think God's used that dude powerfully. You, you can align with all his theology or not take the meat, leave the bones, man. God's using him. And then number two, it, it, it aren't we as Christians supposed to go where non-Christians aren't? Go <laughs> into all the world and preach the gospel. You know, I read that in a book somewhere, <laughs> Jeremiah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely in a book. Um, a bestseller, actually. And so uh, it's it's amazing, man. I, I didn't know Todd White. I, I, um, I got to admit, I didn't know much about uh, Todd White and his ministry other than seeing a few videos online that... Um, you know, there were like, I guess, 
uh, one minute clips or something. And those one minute clips actually were uh, all positive. Uh, I know that there's a lot of clips out there that they shed him in a different light. And I see a bunch of sound bites thrown together and whatever else. But, but first of all, we didn't, uh, first of all, this isn't Todd White's event. Mm-hmm. Um, this is uh, a promoter is bringing us and Todd White, Carrie Job was supposed to be there and Cody Carnes um, and they're not able to make it. So we'll be closing out the event. Um, and so, uh, but second of all, uh, I see a lot of people, I mean, viciously attacking this man. And so once again, I didn't know anything about him, but I, if he, even if he said the things you said, he said Mm. the way that you are talking about this man publicly online, calling him disgusting, saying he's going to burn in hell I mean, the stuff that I saw was I was horrified that Christian people were saying this about another man who preaches the gospel, whether you believe he's preaching the full gospel or not. You don't know that how many times and I asked them, I said, have you ever talked to Todd? You know, do you do you know about his family? Do you know about his life? Do you know, you know, um, and, and, and so anyway. But at the end of the day, I hadn't talked to Todd either until yesterday. Todd called me. Mm. Uh, and first of all, he sent me a text, said, hey, I got your number through a friend of ours, mutual friend. Um, are, uh, are you available to talk in like 15 minutes? So he had been watching online um, all of the attacks and stuff. He'd seen that we had been attacked. And then he saw me go live. And, uh, and then I said, Hey, look, I don't know Todd White. I don't, I, you know, but we're going to minister to the lost and the broken. We were called by God to come and minister to, I was homeless on those very same streets of Austin, Texas, living in an alleyway. I was eating out of garbage cans on those very same streets. I was a slave to cocaine on those very same streets. And I'm coming back now as a free man, set free by the power of God, the blood of Jesus. And I'm telling you, God is going to have his way. And I, and, and I, and so I, I shared all of that on the Facebook live and Todd White was watching the Facebook live. Um, so anyway, um, but he, he has a similar me. testimony, I believe. Yeah, he does. He went to Teen Challenge, and he's a Seven Day Slumber fan. He'd been listening to our music, so I mean, I, he can't be all that bad, you know what I mean? <laughs> so now, <laughs> and some people are like Joe, you're a heretic for talking to Todd White, even on the phone, and and so I'm like, you don't understand, you don't understand the gospel. First of all, if that's if that's if that's really the stance you're taking, I don't, I, I can't even be on the phone with this man. And so anyway, uh, but I had uh, an hour long conversation with Todd. And let me just tell you, and I won't tell you everything he said, but I'll tell you this. That man, he's hurt by the things that have been said about him. He, he mm. doesn't he's not he's not sitting there going, ah, those people are stupid. All oh, those people are he's literally hurt by it. Like he it, it hurts him, but he can't you know, he's not going to go on. He can't be on live every five minutes, you know, going hard on these naysayers. But. He was hurt by it. And he said, Joseph, can I share with you my theology and my, you know, my, what I think? And I said, yeah. And first he shared his testimony with me on the phone. And and then he shared his theology. He said, you know, the, the two comments that people are going hard on me the most was one that uh, saying that Jesus didn't become sin. And yes, I, it was shock value. And I said, he became, you know, he became uh, sin on the cross. He became uh, pornography, and 
He said, you know, there's things there's things I, I would have said differently, but my theology wasn't off, you know, and he shared that. And, and I was like, I mean, I believe that. So maybe I'm the heretic, too. Uh, you know, uh, I wouldn't obviously not have said said it that way. But then again, here I am talking about this when I know that for a fact there are people today that are on fire for Jesus and are now back with their wife and their kids when they were on the street because they went to that man's uh, event or they heard a video or saw a video and God used him in those areas. So who am I to come in and stand up stand against this man? But I can tell you that that conversation that I had with him for just about an hour long, um, man, he, he poured his heart out and I was like, dude, I can't wait to hug this guy's neck. And I'm going to say it right here on your podcast. You know, I can't wait to hug the guy's neck this, this, uh, this Sunday. We're both fans of Todd White. We cheer his ministry on. I just, I just love people that are preaching Jesus. People are getting saved. And yes, the scripture, it does give warnings about false teachers and people who are, you know, not teaching the truth. And that's why when I'm, critiquing things, I usually focus on the material that's being shared rather than the person, because it's very difficult to judge somebody, especially by little sound bites and little things like you're sharing here. But it's very, very easy to focus on the scriptural ideas that are being discussed and say, hey, these are the ideas that we need to make sure that we have a biblical understanding of this right here. And I don't really know yeah. much about anybody who's. I, I'm not. I don't, I don't know. Whatsoever. I think there's a whole there's a whole army of people who are dedicated to social media and YouTube who have read a lot of John MacArthur and who have seen 30 seconds of Todd White, and, and yep. they they can't understand the difference. And those uh, are the same people that um, in the past uh, that have said listening to Seventh Day Slumber will send you straight to hell. And I'm going, you know, and we've had those picketers and those protesters come to our actual events. And I'm like, and and the reason why is because they said that, you know, seven day slumber uh, preaches about the love of God and not the wrath of God. And I'm, and, and, and I'm like, you know, every opportunity for me to speak to someone has different circumstances. And, 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 and the problem that I see with all these picketers and all these different people like repent, you know, you're going to burn in hell. It's the, it's the same one liners, the same shouting, the same, they have, they have, they have not taken any time to speak with a person, to find out what their hurt is, what their pain is. How did you get here? How did you end up on these streets? How did you end up a prostitute? Who, what, who hurt you so bad? man, you are loved. You are, once you, once you have earned the right to speak into someone's life, man, they'll hear what you have to say. And, and, and and seventh day slumber believes in heaven and we believe that there's a hell. Okay. And all those things. But at the end of the day, if I come in just preaching hell to you and you say, well, I better be a Christian because I'm scared of hell. You didn't become a Christian. You got fire insurance. Mm. You didn't become a Christian if you're going to 
serve God because you don't want to burn in hell. That's why you serve God because you don't want to burn in hell. I serve God because he loved me. He first loved me because he gave his life on a cross so that I might have eternal life. I love Jesus because he rescued me in the middle of my darkest hour. He was there for me. He never left me when everybody else did. Even some of these naysayers that said they would never, oh, we brother, we got your back. We know you don't. Jesus has my back. He's the one that was there for me when everybody else walked away. He was the one that was there for me when I was sitting up in a prison cell. He was there for me when I was sitting homeless somewhere, wishing that I didn't wake up the next day. It was Jesus. It wasn't you. So at the end of the day, you can say what you want to say about how we choose to preach the gospel or the, the way that we communicate to other people. But doctrinally, you can't find a fault against us. You may, the personality of Seventh Day Slumber or the personality of uh, someone like Todd White or whoever it is you want to choose to, you know, uh, to, to spit that vitriol, that venom at, then, then, then you can do that. But at the end of the day, there's a price to pay for that kind of stuff. And I hate to say it, but I'm going to say it right here on this podcast that there are a lot of people that are that 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 unfortunately are going to hear instead of good and faithful servant they're going to hear depart from me i never even knew you and that is tragic and it's sad and 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 that haughty spirit and that prideful attitude you need to take a look in the mirror and this is a warning for someone listening right now you need to look in the mirror and say you know what hold on I, I thought I was right. I believe maybe I'm right, but let me just double check this. Let me do God, God speak to me. God, get me out of this, get me out of the way. And God, you speak to me because if I do it my way, I'm going to mess this up. God have your way. God, am I, am I right in this? Am I wrong in this? What should I it, 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 lead me? Holy spirit, give me wisdom beyond my years. Give me discernment about about this situation, not my own red flags. My red flags are horrible. (laughs) My red flags are going to get me blown up, but God give me real discernment, not my own bias, not my own opinion, not my own. I've been hurt by this in the past or hurt by that in the past. God have your way. Because even with me, I've been hurt by the church in the past, but I can't go and judge the church because I've been hurt in the past by a few. There are a lot of amazing Christian people. So I'm not going to sit here and bet Christian bash. I am a Christian and I'm proud of it. I'm proud of it. So I got to be careful that I don't let my own bias because I was hurt by a church. Heck, I got, I just got kicked out of a church two weeks ago or, or, you know, yeah, not kicked out. They didn't even let me in. We had a concert the next day and we'd been booked for several months. And the, one of the elders and a couple of the parents got, it was 500 kids waiting on us to come. And uh, the youth pastor was excited. We were all excited, been booked, like I said, on our recovery tour. And um, a couple of parents saw what we looked like, the tattoos, the good looks, the, uh, yeah, uh, but, that, but that we had a skull on one of our T-shirts. And because the, the new album is called Death by Admiration. And, uh, and so they, they somehow take that to mean we're admiring death, which is not what death by admiration means at all. Um, and I can explain what that means in a few, but, but the truth is that I understand what it means. And they, so they, they, they canceled us 
And now 500 kids, some probably struggling with thoughts of suicide, some struggling with drug addiction, some struggling. Uh, their parents have no idea what they're going through. They think their kid has the perfect life. And this child is contemplating suicide daily. So now those kids don't get to hear this message because of the person, of the personality of the band or of a piece of merch of the band. They took little pieces and, 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 and missed the big picture that your child may not be around next week, but could have, if you would have stepped out of the way and said, God, I, I, I don't want it. I don't just want my orthodox way of thinking to get in the way of this. God, have your way. God, show me new ways to have encounters with you, fresh new encounters with you, God, not just my own tired, stale ways. And I don't mean create things that aren't in the Bible. I'm talking about allowing God to move in your life the way that he sees fit, not the way you see fit. So good. So good. Well, you did mention just a second ago that you were going to, you know, explain, you know, that that decision and how, how you got to that point. So go ahead and tell us about that. Um, our death by admiration. Yeah. So death by admiration is uh, basically the title is dealing with holding things in that are destroying you because you don't want to let the people down who admire you. And I have a lot of people that look up to me. I have a lot of people that that respect what I have to say. Um, they don't hold me up as an idol. They just see me as a mentor and someone that they really respect and admire. And um, after 10 years of living for the Lord and him setting me free from a drug addiction and giving me this amazing, beautiful wife and three amazing kids and God is moving so much in my life there got to this point where I woke up one morning in a beautiful home. Um, you know, at least to me, it was beautiful. Other people may go, oh, that's not much, but to me, I was homeless and now I'm a homeowner. And, 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 and so I woke up in this beautiful home next to my beautiful wife and my three amazing kids that were, we had a sleepover in mommy and daddy's room. And, um, and, and we would watch movies, you know, and, and all that. And, uh, and I woke up and, and I don't know how it just hit me or what it had been maybe coming on for a while, but I felt kind of empty. And I said, how can I be this successful in life? Uh, I don't just mean money wise or any of that kind of stuff. I mean, I wasn't rich or anything, but I had some money in my bank account, you know, wasn't broke like I used to be. And, and so there was money that I had a car with gas in it and a, and a home. And, but most importantly, how could I look at this beautiful, amazing woman laying next to me, who is a woman of God, who is the best person I know, and then have three amazing sons who run to their daddy, not from me. When I didn't have a dad, I'm the dad to my kids I never had. How can I wake up to this and feel like something's missing? How does that happen? Jesus, I still love you. I still want to serve you, but I feel empty inside. And I started getting sad and I didn't know why. And so for a couple of weeks, I got more sad. 
things from my past that I maybe hadn't dealt with were popping up. Stuff was happening. Like, I don't know. It was just this attack. And, and I started drinking and I ran to alcohol and I, and I tell you right now, it didn't just happen where I was like, grabbed a bottle and was like, all right, man, I'm, you know, just like the movie show. And then now he's sitting at the table and he's lost everything. I was like, you know, having a drink's not going to send me to hell. I'm going to have a drink. That's, that was my mindset. And I'm a grown man. Uh, I'm, I'm a homeowner now. I'm, you know, whatever. And so, um, your camera went off, <laughs> but, uh, but at the same, uh, same time, uh, I was like, man, I'm just, you know, we can have a few, a, a drink here and there. My wife didn't like it. And, uh, but she, she didn't judge me or any of that stuff. She just started praying. But I can tell you this, that, and it was fine for a little while, you know, drink, uh, you know, over, over the weekend or whatever. Like I thought it was fine, but uh, till it wasn't. And the truth be told, it, it led me to be an alcoholic as the lead singer of a Christian band. Mm-hmm. Now I want to say this because I know there are probably listeners that are like, man, that's so hypocritical. That's so yeah. Yeah, it is. It, it is because I was on stage and I was preaching and I was ministering and, um, and I was telling people that God can set you free. And I absolutely believe that even when I was drinking, that may be hard for somebody to hear. I absolutely still believe that, that God can set you free, that God can restore you, that God can heal you. And then I go back to the bus and I drink myself to sleep because I'm hurting. But I didn't change the fact in my mind that God can still heal. The problem is I felt like he wasn't healing me because I had let him down so much. Mm. So I believe that God could still heal you. And I, and I knew the power of God and I knew what he was capable of. And I, cause I've seen it in my own life, but here I am an alcoholic, the lead singer of a Christian band. That's a vicious cycle because now you hate yourself even more. And every time you look in the mirror, you go, I'm a hypocrite. These people look up to me, but I don't want to let them down. And if they only knew that I drank like this right now, they would be broken. Many of them, they may not even it could cause them to lose it. Mm. Then I could lose them. Mm. And, and I don't want to lose them because I love them. And I don't mean as fans, I mean, a seventh day slumber family, but anyway, to, to just wrap that part up. And, um, I, you know, thank God it, it wasn't for this long, long period of time my wife just kept praying. And, um, and honestly, I, uh, I almost uh, died. Nobody knew it. And, uh, I, I almost died and, uh, my body was giving out. Mm. Uh, I put on a ton of weight, but I had already started putting on weight before I was drinking and stuff. And so and anyway, but my liver was because I was a drug addict previously, this just hit it again. And I almost, I almost died. And so, um, I made a decision that I was, that I was done. And I was like, God, I 
know you can do this. I, I got to believe that you can do this. And my wife just kept praying for me and saying, God wants to heal you. I believe it. And so I, I said, I'm going to stop drinking, honey. And if I can't stop drinking, um, in the first few days of being home, because I hit it well, like I could, I didn't, I had all things like I don't drink on stage. So you're not going to see me drunk on stage. I didn't, I don't pr promote it. It's like when I get off stage, da, da, da. I had all these excuses. So anyway, people never knew except close people around me. Um, but anyway, I said, if I don't get clean, in the next few days, I had two months off. I said, I'm going to check myself into a rehab. And God healed me in those four days. I was locked wow. in my room, crawling around. I was like, but anyway, and I'm not, and y'all can edit some of this. I'm not so worried about the time right now. I've, um, uh, I moved some things around, but uh, at the end of the day, this is something I didn't want to share with anybody because even after God had healed me, he healed me in those four days. Like whew, the first day was horrible. The second day was worse. Um, the, the, the third day. And I kept thinking about the, the woman with the issue of blood. And I, and I, and I would imagine um, because it talked about how they were, all the people were packed in tightly, yeah. you know? And so how did she get to Jesus? Well, I imagine she was knocked around, pushed around all of these different things, but she made her way you know, and, and that was how I felt like I was making my way through all of the hurt and all of the pain and all of the temptation and all of the cravings and all of the urges and all of the demons in hell who didn't want me to get healing. And, and, and so I, I was crawling around those days, man. And, and anyway, but on the, that like day three and day four, I was, healed man like never touched it again that was years ago but i'll tell you this even though that was years ago i didn't tell anybody i took that miracle that god had done in my life i opened up a closet door i put it in there and i closed the door because i was embarrassed mm. i wasn't ashamed of what god did obviously i was excited about what god did but i was ashamed of you knowing that god had to do that in my life super embarrassed. I felt ashamed. Uh, I wasn't like, Oh, I got away with it. I was thankful that I hadn't been exposed. I'll be real honest with you, but, and you can take that how you want, but at the end of the day, it's not so white and black of, I didn't get exposed. And so I, it, it, the, I was going through a whole lot that unless you know me, unless you've sat and had conversations with me, unless you understood what I was going through at that time and the issues and the circumstances surrounding it, you don't have the right to, you know, to assume about me, you know? And so, but I kept that because I knew that people would be assuming and, um, and then finally, I just, and I knew God was telling me to talk, but I didn't want to. I was, I was scared because I just was scared. I was going to, again, let people down or whatever. I wasn't worried about losing my career. I can go get a job, but I didn't want to hurt people death by admiration. And so while I kept that in because of the people that admired me, I was killing myself. So that was a long way about saying death by admiration, but 
I'm healed, set free, and I am singing about those things. And they're maybe not in the most conventional Christian, lyrically Christian way. It's just me being real, raw, and honest. Man, dude, I'm, I am I feel the spirit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no joke. I really appreciate your transparency, dude, man. Touching, touching my heart just even by your t- your double testimony, <laughs> you know. God saves again. God comes through again. I, I think it's incredible. Uh, and what a lot of people don't know, and again, the the Christian music, music industry, you know, many people in the Christian music industry have wrestled. And now it, you know, they're allowed to be a little more like, hey, I'm broken. Or they hide it because they want to live a double life. But, you know, those who, they're, Russ Tafts openly admit, I struggled with alcohol and, alcoholism for years. Michael Libby Smith has said it on and off that he's wrestled, and numerous others. And and yet we hide it. It's, it's funny. I feel like we've made nuance about things that aren't that nuanced, and we made black and white things that are like, there's grace in, in the gray in, in stuff that, you know, I feel like we just mixed up categories, you know, as leaders and as people like, now, we don't move on God's word, but we pick up people who fall. And 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 we've just made this mistake. Matter of fact, one of your songs that seems to kind of address that, somebody who's living like the double life, proclaiming the gospel on that album that I, I just listened to this morning. Uh, I've listened to it before this morning, but a song called Snake Mouth, and the lyrics were... The lyrics were powerful, man. Can you can you talk about that song? What that means, maybe, and share the lyrics. Uh, if I go to the lyrics again, I'm going to lose you. But uh, uh, I was trying to look at them. But can you share about that song and what that means? Yeah, actually, um, Snake Mouth is just that song written about all of those people that spit that vitriol. That um, that come in the name of Jesus, but, but have not, but they, they know a lot about, I'm going to have to look the words up too, actually, uh, even though I wrote it, um, but, but they'll come in the name of Jesus, but their hearts are far from him. And so you talk a good game and you can tell us all there is uh, to know about the house of God, which is great but you're desperately missing the God of the house. And, and man, I'm going to tell you. um, So the lyrics say every word you speak is poison. If you could only hear yourself, but you hold your head so high while looking down on everybody else, you talk about the savior, but you'll close the door that leads to him. You're the one who's been mistaken. If you thought you'd make it in. And then the chorus says face down, I can see you fade now. You're living living a lie won't save you. Time's up. And I can see your fake crown all, falling all the way down. You're a beautiful tomb full of dead men's bones. What a shame. And this and it's a harsh song, man, but you have to understand where it came from and the the things that were being said. And I said you'll travel a million miles to win one single soul to him, but in the end it all means nothing cuz you're the one that they're believing in face down. I can see you fade now living a lie. Won't save you times out. And I, and I can see your fate crown falling all the way down. You're a beautiful tomb full of dead men's bones. What a shame. And then the bridge says, there's only one way this ends. Cause in the end, my friend, it's not your kingdom. 
You'll come down from your throne and your tongue will confess as your knees hit the ground before a God you've never known. And then um, there's a rap part from the band Relent. Uh, Miggy comes in and that's a band that's rough around the edges. I'm going to tell you, but they're in love with Jesus. They look like they just got out of prison and a couple of them probably did, but no, they, uh, and so I thought it was appropriate for them to sing this part or rap this part, but it says, he screams, let me at him. And then it says, bleeding out, bleeding out. And you just walked past. You couldn't see me through the Jesus on your stained glass. I'm lacerated, but I get it. You just had to shine. Plot twist. You're the one getting left behind. I don't write. I don't I don't make the rules, but I'll break a few just to see the day he has his way with you. The time has come. We behead the brood and we lay to rest all these viper fools. So. That's Snake Mouth. It's a little hardcore, <laughs> a heavy song, you know, and um, but, you know, we're taking no prisoners. As you can see, my uh, this camera is making my is giving me an old man face right now. <laughs> it's OK. We're an audio podcast, so don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I have a perfect face for audio. Same here. Mm-hmm. Man, the the the. The, the perspective that I'm picking up on this is that you want leaders to understand that we're here to preach the gospel. We're here to see people get saved. We're not here to tear each other apart. You know, I mean, people are going to do it differently. I, I think that we're all going to be very, very surprised at who is in heaven. And I think we're also going to be surprised at who's not there. I, I think that we're just going to get there and we're going to have this totalitarian perspective where we get it all. And we're like, wow, that's a lot bigger than I thought it was. I think that we draw these lines in the church that many times are keeping the the people who God loves so much away from him because we're saying, well, here's a line and here's a line and here's a line. And I think that Jesus still is going crossing the lines and he's making people lay down their stones and he's coming to the people who are stuck in that stuff. And he's saying, there's nobody accusing you anymore. There's nobody here doing that. I'm here Yeah. now. Now leave your life of sin. Now, now do that. You got it. You got to get to Jesus before you can expect everybody to be perfect. That's true. And, and so, and, and, you know, for me, like I I was, I was just happy. Like when I first, got saved. I was just happy to be able to go to heaven. I didn't know God could use somebody like me. I was a drug addict. Like, Hey, I'm glad I get to be there. Look, I don't need to live in Billy Graham's neighborhood in heaven. Just put me, put me in coach. Let me, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll live somewhere, you know, but, um, but I didn't realize God could really actually use me. Um, you know, cause it's one thing to say, man, I'm, I get to have eternal life with Jesus and, and I get to go to heaven. And it's another thing that God would still use you as broken and flawed and uh, as damaged as, as you were and sometimes still are. So yeah, that's the thing. You know, I, I tell people all the time, you know, God wants to use you and he will use you if you are willing. Um, he doesn't need you to have all the answers. Uh, and so he doesn't need you to even have all the equipment. He just needs you to be willing. And you know, that old saying goes, God doesn't call the equipped. He equips those that he calls and, and it's the truth. So a willing heart, Mm. Mm. man, that, that 
Powerful testimony, powerful story, and how God's still using you, uh, Joe, and your family. Um, what charge would you want to give to pastors, leaders, and just the brothers and sisters who are walking it now, who are we're really living in this unbelievably divisive times, unbelievably, you know, again, like I said, making gray what's black and white, making black and white what's a lot more gray. You know, really, the enemy's having his heyday on on God's people, on the word, um, and and deciphering truth. I just heard the other day from from Barna Research, maybe six percent of Americans now have a biblical worldview. Two to three percent of those eighteen to thirty have a biblical worldview, which means ninety four percent of America. When and when we were growing up, it was somewhere you know forty to fifty percent, you know. And that in 20 years, such traumatic loss of a Bible-believing worldview, what would you want to say to them now? Well, I would say that one of the reasons that we're down to that percentage is because when people start talking loud at you and people start coming against, uh, uh, you know, a lot of those that are preaching and standing firm in the Word of God, you find out that some of them while their doctrine is good and right, they can't handle the the loud the loud folks. And so in order to not have to deal with it, they'll pull down their blog, they'll pull down their post, they'll pull down their podcast, they'll pull down whatever it is and 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 say, well, I'm standing firm in the word of God in my household. And that's great. You should. But other people need to hear. And so I would also say to make sure that you're not cutting others off uh, because you don't agree with the way they do things, Mm -hmm. the method in which they do things. Make sure that your heart is still teachable. You may know a lot about the Bible, and that's great, you know, but at the end of the day, being set in your own ways is can be just as destructive as not even, you know, knowing the word of God. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not really like that. It's not really what I meant to say, but, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's not as destructive as obviously going to hell. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that it's very destructive. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. It's very destructive because you've got it your own, you've set in your own ways. And so um, you're not able to reach those who don't know the word of God because you won't think outside of your own comfort zone or own box. Mm. Well, I know that was a word salad kind of <laughs> ramble. No, I think it, I think it lines up exactly with what first Corinthians chapter three verses 10 through 15 says, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but basically he's talking about, he says, according to the grace given me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building on it. He says, for no one can lay a foundation except that which was laid, which is Jesus Christ. So he's saying the foundation of the gospel message is Jesus Christ, dead, buried, risen from the dead. And then verse 12 says, now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest for the day, capital D, will disclose it, and it will be revealed by fire. The fire will test what sort of work each one has done. 
And it talks about the ones that remain. So basically it's saying, hey, you're going you're gonna to get to heaven, but you're going to barely escape the flames is what it's going to be. And so the encouragement is make sure that you're building with things that matter, truth that's real. Don't just get to heaven and just kind of just barely scrape by. Man, really build something. And, that, and that's what I think that we need to remember is that we're all spiritual leaders building on the foundation that has already been laid. Mm. The building materials are the words that we're speaking. Are the words that we're speaking founded in the word of God? Are they just our opinion? Are they just our way of doing it? Is it just our camp and our tribe and the way that we view things? Or is it the word of God? Because that's the only thing that's going to survive the test of fire. And none of us want to get there that day and have everything that we worked for just burned up. Nobody wants to have that happen. Yeah, I think. Amen. I think Amen. that's, that's kind of where it's at, man. This has been such an encouraging talk and conversation. Just to close this, just imagine you're standing with a room full of pastors and other spiritual leaders, and they're waiting to hear you speak. And you're in 2022. I mean, things are just on fire all around us right now. I mean, there's a war, there's inflation. I mean, things are just everywhere. What are you saying to spiritual leaders in this time? What's your encouragement, your, your, your last word to them? I'd say that the time is now. I'd say that, first of all, thank you, because I know it's not easy um, to be a pastor. I know it's not easy to constantly have people pulling at you, tugging at you, uh, holding things, being strong for people. Uh when it's hard to even be strong for yourself. And so I would tell them to keep pressing on that God has a, has a, a, is using you and wants to continue to use you. But I would also say to make sure that with all of the hurt and all of the pain that has come along with being a pastor, which I know that there is a lot, There's a lot of hurt and a lot of pain and a lot of people have said things about you in your own church and people that you've tried to help people that you have helped with all of this. And in, in, in our world today, and in you, even in your own family, in your own camp, it can, it can have us put up a wall, put up shields, and then we just do the pastor thing. Mm. And I want to encourage you that God is still moving He's still moving in this world. He's still moving in new miraculous ways. He's st- you haven't even seen a fraction of how he wants to use you. Don't limit yourself. I mean, you can't limit God, but don't limit, you know, how God uses you by being set in your own ways and the past hurts and the past mistakes even uh, keep you from what God has for you. He still wants to use you in powerful ways. I don't care if you're 65, 70 years old, God is not done using you and people need you. They need you. And, and so I just want to encourage you in that. And, you know, my words uh, escape me right now, but my heart is pure in this, man. I, I love these pastors. I know they've taken heat. Even some of the ones that have judged me, I love you. I know you've been hurt, man. I know you've been through a lot as a pastor. And unless you've ever been a pastor, you people will never know. 
the 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 things that have the the things that have been said about you, the things your family's had to endure. And so we can put up a wall, we can put up a shield and we can say, all right, well, then I'm just going to do this, this and this. I'm going to go preach the word and then they can take it how they want to take it. They can do, you know, and then we we kind of get in that. Mm. God has big and powerful things that he wants to do still in your life. Let him and see how he moves and see the lives that are changed. Even people that maybe you don't agree with how they look like, agree with even some of the things they say or some of the things they do. Let God use you and let him have his way. Man, I'm touched and fired up. Yeah. I'm ready to rock. That was it, man. That was awesome. That was beautiful. Hey, just before we go, Joe, uh, where can people get a hold of you? I know you come to churches. You're not one of those artists that says, I need a thousand people to come. You come for whoever, wherever God will lead. Where do they get a hold of you guys? Um, at www.seventhdayslumber.com. Uh, that's spelt out S-E-V-E-N-T-H. So www.seventhdayslumber.com. And if they want to bring us to their church, um, most of the time we don't charge. Uh, since the whole three years ago when everybody went on lockdown and that whole thing, um, we knew that there were churches that were struggling financially. And so we st- stopped our honorarium for the most part, unless we're doing a big major tour and there's other bands that charge and we've got to pay them. So we'll still play for free, but the other bands we've got to pay. But uh, I would say go to seventhdayslumber.com if you want to bring us to your church. And uh, and you don't have to worry about an honorarium. You can take up a love offering or do whatever you want to do. But at the end of the day, um, we would love to come and minister and 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 play some music. But most importantly, we would love to come and speak into the lives of the people that are in your community. Wow. Phenomenal. Thank you again so much, Joe. And Seventh Day Slumber, God bless you and your ministry and pastors again. When you've done all you know to do, stand.